welcome back. This is, as always, the Cyclone Family Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Steyer Johnson, alongside my terrific co-host, Eric Steyer. Eric, thank you for being here, heading into a big holiday week for the Cyclones, for general society at large, I suppose. Yep. Excited to be here. Should be a fun week coming up. Absolutely. I, I agree. There's a lot of really exciting things coming up that we're going to get to. Uh, we're gonna, we're kind of gonna get, uh, get things out of the way first that we, we maybe don't want to need to dive into too deep. And that is of course football. Um, look, I've said it. Uh, I, I try to make it very clear. I'm, I'm not much of an authority on football, nor do I purport myself to be, nor do I really wish to be. Uh, I don't have insight. I don't have insight beyond what I've said so far, which is, uh, that this is, a, a really tough way to lose once, let alone just a whole bunch of times. Uh, another one score loss against Texas Tech. Um, you you kind of said it best last week, Eric, I think, which is that Iowa State's kind of played the same game over and over again. It doesn't really seem to matter who the opponent is. Their biggest opponent seems to be their, themselves and didn't quite get out of their way this week. Uh, I'm bummed. I wasn't really expecting much different. Um, and we're we're a game away from hopefully being able to make some really big offseason adjustments and have this not be the case next year. Uh, but it's been it's been a rough one. It's it's probably taken some years off of a lot of fans' lives. Um, but obviously, you know, credit to the guys continuing to fight and gosh, the defense, another another pretty good showing there, but at this point, like, I really have nothing to add. It just kind of is what it is. We've seen it play out week after week. Yeah, I mean, it feels like every week it's it's basically the same game, but just with just a little added twist every week. It's something different. Like last week against Oklahoma State, it was having five turnovers, and then this week it was just the red zone offense was just the worst we've seen it this year. And you could see it right away, right at the start of the game. You get a fumble, and take it inside the 20 yard line and then you hand it off for a yard and then hand it off for two yards and then throw an incomplete pass, which, or, you know, even if he catches it, it's maybe one or two yards on third and seven. And then you of course miss the field goal. And then that just kind of set the table for what the whole game would be. And yeah, the defense played well. The only, I guess, issue for them was on the opposite side of the red zone. I mean, Texas tech only had two, sustained drives really but both of them resulted in touchdowns so that was really the difference i mean that was the whole story right there is that iowa state you know actually moved the ball pretty well between the 20 or between between the 20s i mean and so that was good but then once you get down into the red zone it was i mean anybody who watched the game one of those like and then what happened where it's like yeah yeah, we moved the ball really well between the 20s and then Yeah, and I mean, what what I'm saying right now, I mean, anybody who watched the game could tell. I mean, that's not right. any hard-hitting analysis, but I mean, just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's just kind of a new way to twist the knife each week. It's just like, oh, you thought last week was bad? How about yeah. five turnovers? Oh, you thought that was bad? How about you get into the red zone? It can't get <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we've seen, yeah, I mean, Kansas game missing field goals. We've seen drop passes at the end of games. We've seen yeah f- turnovers, and now Look, we've seen red zone failures. A lot of film that can be used in the off season to improve. 
That's what yes. I'm hearing. Yes, if we just eliminate all of our missed field goals, eliminate all turnovers, perfect our red zone offense, next year should be great. Bring in a couple, like, top 25 running backs. Bring it, you know. Yes. Fix all our right, running well, game. Just start running for, you know, six yards of carry next year. We're as available as for we... consulting um, yeah. for anyone looking to build a really dominant football program. Yep, just that's all we need to do. And then next that's year we'll it. be back in the title race. It's a couple, it's a couple like bullet points. How how hard could it be? All right. So here's here's the question is we were talking over on the flagship on the 1012 podcast about uh teams of destiny and uh and TCU just looking really good at different points. And I said, if you want to talk about a team of destiny, let's talk about Iowa State seeming destined to screw over other Big 12 schools. I always think back to their upset over Oklahoma State in, I'm not even going to try to recall the year. You know what year. 2011. 2011. Thank you. Take down the BCS, baby. Thank you, Iowa State Cyclones, for ushering in a new era of the college football playoff. Uh, I really, I would not blink if Iowa State went out this weekend and finally figured out a way to win just because it would ruin TCU's perfect season and probably knock the Big 12 out of the college football playoff. Yeah, I mean, it. It's one of those things where I was just thinking about it actually earlier today where Iowa State has been so bad in um, one score games. And we were talking about Iowa football has been like it. They just some it seems like somehow they've been able to pull out every close game. And then I think back, I'm like, wait a minute, how did we how did Iowa State win a close game against Iowa? Like, how did that work? And so this year it's been TCU um, winning every close game and Iowa State losing every close game. Maybe it would just be kind of fitting for Iowa State to somehow pull one out. But to me, it's kind of, to me, it's kind of this weird feeling where I've seen a lot of people talking about like it would just make sense for Iowa State to ruin the ruin the Big 12's uh, playoff hopes. And to me, it's been too many people talking about it. There's been so many people talking about how it would make sense for Iowa State to do it that I don't think it's going to happen because too many people are talking. Their reputation it. is <laughs> way too established at this point. Like if all anyone was talking about was, oh, good for TCU. Their final game is a cakewalk. How easy is this going to be? You'd be like, oh, man, they don't even know. But at this point, Iowa State's done stuff like that so many times that it's just like, well, yeah, that would track. You're like, wait, if people know, then it's like a reverse, reverse psychology. Yeah, exactly. And I was listening. I can't remember. I was watching one of the college games on Saturday, and they were talking about, you know, TCU going against Iowa State, like, and they were talking about how that is not going to be an easy game for them. And so it's it's not like Iowa State – Iowa State doesn't have, like, the same reputation as they had um, probably pre-Campbell to where everyone just assumed that it's a win. I mean, people are talking about the fact that it's not going to be an easy game for TCU. So I know that TCU is not going to be, you know, overlooking this game, obviously, with all they have at stake. Yeah, yeah. It's – I mean, 
truly you could you could hand any game script to me and say hey this is the way this game went and i would shrug and say yeah that sounds about right like iowa state could get pounded into the ground iowa state could lose close iowa state could win a close one i don't think iowa state probably uh, yeah i don't see iowa I don't state think blowing iowa, that's, that's the one i don't think iowa state's gonna go blow tcu out but hey i'd love to be wrong i'd take it but there's there's a number of game scripts that i could see occurring and i would just shrug and move on. I'll watch the game. I will have very little emotional investment in it. I say that now. Uh, if it stays close, as always, I will. I will be a uh, be rooting hard for him. But uh, yeah, I I really couldn't even begin to tell you what I think is going to happen because there's really been no way of predicting what is going to happen for Iowa State this year, except to say that as the season wears on, it was pretty likely to say, yeah, it'll probably be a close loss. So. Very likely could that happen again this weekend. Yeah. Could it go drastically different? Sure. It, it, in any case, it, it's fairly inconsequential, uh, except as far as TCU season goes. So would love to see Iowa State end on a high note. Would love to see some things uh, shore themselves up just a little bit going into the offseason. But either way, kind of a, an is-what-it-is situation as far yeah. as I'm concerned. I mean... You still do have the little scenario hanging out where you can go to a bowl oh. game at five and seven, but I know, at this point, I... I I really don't. I mean, I am not that invested into that right now. Yeah. I'm kind of ready to move on to basketball. I know season, that's... I, mentally, I've kind of already done that. But... I mean, frankly, I I said that a couple weeks ago, especially over on the ten twelve. That just like. I've always been someone who has been much less invested in football than the typical sports fan, so it's pretty easy for me to divest myself from it, uh, especially when it's been disappointing when it's not good for my mental health to be super invested i just say okay i'm gonna kind of pivot and focus on something else uh and for me that something else has been basketball which has been very different as far as the the feelings i'm getting from them versus football so let's move over there um gosh this week (sighs) women's basketball i said last week that this was a time when we could start to learn a lot more about the team that we've got because your your first couple games of the season first of all continue to look better Cleveland State first matchup of the season Iowa State won pretty handily ended up going on and beating DePaul who has one of the best players in the country and Anissa Murrow on their team uh, so that was a really really big win for coach Kilsmeyer and his uh, Cleveland State team so certainly shows that that was never a, a given for Iowa State. But you go and you know that your first really, really big test was going to come against you and I on the road because playing on the road is tough. Playing those in-state games is really, really tough. And just the way that they play uh, kind of reminiscent of Creighton. They've got five players on the court at all times that can stretch you out. So uh, definitely had that one circled and... Obviously, you and I did as well because went in there and Iowa State felt like they they kept in control pretty well until the second half where much like last year, you and I just went on a tear and Coach Fenley said, you know, he intentionally didn't call any timeouts during the biggest run you and I went on because This is something Iowa State's going to have to learn to deal with. He wanted to see how they reacted. And to their credit, the Cyclones, they battled back. They did did exactly what they needed to win in a really close one. And so for Iowa State to win that one, and then 
go against a Columbia team that has a has a similar enough play style to have learned from that game against UNI, I think, um, and and ended up winning in pretty dominating fashion, beat Columbia by 23 points, but it wasn't that close for a good chunk of the game, put the subs in with quite a few minutes left to go in the in the fourth quarter. Um, I was I was blown away by Iowa State's performances in this game or in these games this week. And I've got a couple specific players I'll highlight, but I wanted to see just kind of how you felt about this week for Iowa State. Yeah, this week, I th- I think obviously looking back, going 2-0 was a really good week. It's one of those weeks where, you know, from a national perspective, you probably look at the two opponents, Northern Iowa and Columbia, and they're not, you know, power conference team. So, you know, they don't really garner the attention nationally, maybe that you would, that obviously that Iowa State will face this week with, you know, the teams that they'll face in Portland. But to get a win on the road against you and I, um, a close game, I think that's really good for this team to have a close game because you know that they'll be coming up soon with the teams that you'll be facing. And so to be able to go and win that game on the road, a, a close game, I think that's really good for this team. And then Columbia um, is, is a team that, you know, I was a little nervous about yeah, looking at what they had done coming into the game. They were, I think, 3-1. and one. They, had, they were 3-0 and oh on the road. And uh, obviously, if you watch the game, you can see that they could really shoot the ball. And kind of like Northern Iowa, you said, you know, they have had five players who could stretch the floor at all times. And, you know, they had a five, five man who could take, take players off the dribble and kind of spread you out. So two, uh, two tough teams to play this week. And, you know, but honestly, I thought both the teams that Iowa State played, you uh, and I and Columbia, I think that they both played really well, probably shot the ball a lot better than they usually do. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to come out of both those games with wins, and one of them in convincing fashion, I thought is a really good sign for the team. Yeah, you know, I was talking to uh, mom after the game against you and I, and she said, you know, man, just, it's really tough. And I told her, you know what, you come out with the win, that's enough, first of all, to get the win, especially in these in-state games. Everyone knows how difficult these in-state games are. We saw, you know, Drake and Iowa went to overtime. Um, but I told her I genuinely felt like having that really close game against you and I last year where we had to hold off that late rally. There, There's a very real chance that having a game like that wins you the game against K-State where it's really close late and you hit a three from Maggie S. Wimmer to win the game because you've been in that situation before. You're composed. You're prepared. You're ready to have to drop a play. You're not sitting there looking at the scoreboard like, oh my gosh, we've we've never been in a close game because Iowa State did not play in a lot of close games last year. But yeah. the couple that they did, I truly think that having early tests – helped down the stretch when they had that one, especially, like I said, in a game like K-State, you can directly point to having those tests early in the season and say, hey, you know what? Would it be great to win all these in convincing fashion just to steamroll people by 20, 30 points? Sure, yeah, that's fun. But do you learn as much? And does that pay off as much as the season goes on? Probably not. And that's why you schedule good teams. That's why you play these in-state rivalries. Yeah, and I'll just say, hopefully, I remember... 
I said the exact same thing for the football team after they beat Iowa. I said, we won our first close game of the year. Hopefully that's a good sign for things to come. We'll be really good in close games this year. And that completely backfired on me. But I, I do have more confidence in this team to you know, execute in close games at the end. Yeah, I, I think there I think there's some market differences there. And, the, and I think that the first positive you see as to why that would go differently for women's basketball is the way they bounced back and went and beat Columbia in really convincing fashion today. You've got a morning game uh, on a Sunday. You played on Wednesday night. It'd be really easy to just kind of be tired, to be looking ahead to next week, to not have learned from the way you played over there in Cedar Falls. But Iowa State certainly showed none of those things uh, really, really felt like they learned from the way they played out there. So uh, definitely seemed to be making adjustments in the early season and can't overlook the fact that these, these games, even if, like you said, you know, they're not power conference opponents, they're not ranked opponents, but uh, the nation has been reminded that there is no such thing as, as an automatic win as you saw number three, Texas, number four, Iowa, number six, Louisville, all lost to unranked opponents this week. So just to come out of this week without a loss is really, really big. Um, And I mean, to me, shows a lot more about the way that the women's game has moved towards more parity. We grew up watching uh, programs like UConn, Steamroll, everyone, uh, Tennessee had those years as well. Stanford has had those years. And while those teams are all still in, in really great form, you, you aren't probably going to see as many undefeated seasons. If, if really ever you're, you're not predicting that before the year anymore. So certainly a big week there. Um, I said, I wanted to highlight a couple specific performances, uh, Ashley Jones making a really, really strong case to three-peat on the Cheryl Miller Award as best small forward in the country uh, today. Well, today we're recording Sunday. Against Columbia had, I think this year so far, against Cleveland State and Columbia, those are two of the best games I've seen her play in her career just as far as efficiency goes, as far as the shots she's selecting, the shots that she's making. 9 of 14 today, 7 of 10 from the three-point line. Um, Back against Cleveland State, she was 10 of 20 from the floor, 2 of 7 from the three, so even better uh, today than then. So uh, definitely making people take notice uh showing them that she's back to defend her crown uh gosh i i'm really running out of patience not really but emily ryan another near triple double today oh my gosh i've been i've been waiting since she stepped on campus since she first played her since she started her career as a freshman uh she's come very close many times but Ultimately came up just a couple statistics short, 13 points, eight rebounds, nine assists. Uh, I, and I don't want her to stay in the game, just a stat chase. It, I think it's more impactful if it happens in the flow of the game, but she did get taken out with like six minutes left to go in the game. So if you really wanted to say like, no, we want her to get this triple double, she would have gotten the triple double. So I just want that to be no. Yeah, I mean the pace. The pace was good for it too. There was an up and down game, so a lot, a lot of rebounds to be had, a lot of assists to be had. Yeah, just 
I mean, yeah, a few more minutes and maybe she would have gotten it, but there will be maybe, more opportunities. Yes, later, later this year, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, I think in consequential games, there's plenty of opportunities. Not to mention that, yeah, Emily had nine assists. The team as a whole had 25 assists on 25 out of 33 field goals, which is unreal. Spread out through so many players. Lexi Donarski tied her career high with six. Ashley Jones with three yet again, uh, really improving her passing there this year. So I'm I'm ready for it, Emily. She she just kind of laughs every time it happens, and I bring it up in the post game because first of all, she generally doesn't know she doesn't look at her stats during the game, um, but she I think she knows that I'm very invested in her triple double pursuit, and she does not care one lick. All she cares about is the team winning. So very good yeah. teammate, very good player. I want the triple double. <laughs> Those. Those games against Oklahoma later in the year, they love to get up and down the floor. So that's, that's <laughs> Those true. Are some high scoring games. So that may, might be the one I'm circling on my calendar for her. That's a really good point. Okay, last person I want to talk about is Stephanie Suarez. I was ready for her to need a little bit more time to really settle in and show what she's capable of. And I am not by any means saying that she is playing her very best basketball because I think that she still has more in the tank. But if this was as good as it got, I would have been happy. I'm not settling. I think she's going to continue to push herself. I don't think what I'm saying on here is going to affect it either way. But wow. I mean, when you talk just from, again, an efficiency standpoint, um, a skill standpoint, I have been so, so impressed. 7 of 10 against Columbia from the floor in only 21 minutes uh she she took really good shots again today Get, you you can just like throw the ball up to her she has such great hands didn't hit any threes today but uh did have a couple the other day three to be exact in cedar falls a perfect three for three from the three point line nine of 11 from the floor a couple block. I mean, had a couple blocks in in pretty much every game. Had an authoritative SWAT against Columbia. But what I've been most impressed with is the things we hadn't heard about. We had heard she was tall, she had pretty good hands, and that oh she could shoot the three. So that was exciting. And then all of a sudden she's playing, and she makes a couple passes where you're like, oh my gosh, she has really good court vision. She makes really good passes. Her entry passes from the high post and from the perimeter to Ashley Jones are really good. And then against you and I, you get into a late clock situation where the clock's ticking down. You got to put a shot up. She has the ball, you know, between the free throw and three-point line. She puts the ball on the floor, takes a dribble, and just takes it through traffic to finish right at the rim. You're like, oh my gosh, can she handle the ball? Can she take it to the rim like that? And the way that she plays on the perimeter, we didn't see a ton of it today. We, we saw a little bit kind of drove in, picked the ball up, kind of fumbled a little bit, but completed the pass down low. But you just see these little flashes that you're like, okay, she's been really good so far. What is this that we're seeing? Are we going to see even more skills develop? So I, I've been really, really impressed with how quickly she's come on. And I... I'm ecstatic to see what more comes because we're four games into the season. Yeah. And you know, this week will be interesting to see too. First time playing against 
no power five competition, which, and, you know, good power five competition, not, you know, bottom of the barrel power five, like ranked teams. So yeah, it'll be good to see kind of how she performs and really the whole team performs against, you know, that step up in competition this week. Yeah. You, you, you kind of assume that the people who have been there know what's coming, but to have Steph and to have Danae out there um, and kind of see how they're able to perform is definitely really big. Starting off on Thursday on Thanksgiving with Michigan State, a team that is generally pretty good. It's really hard to judge this year because their non-conference has been terrible. Uh, they play basically their entire team. They play like 10 people close to 20 minutes a game uh, because they've just been pounding everyone so bad. So I really couldn't tell you much about who they are as a team, except to say that we've got a little bit of a height advantage, at least inside for Steph. Their tallest player is 6'4", and they're two players that seem to get more runners, 6'3", and 6'3", at the five. So would love to see how well she's able to compete down low. Uh, truly, I don't even know how physical they are. I haven't had a chance to watch them at all, but uh, certainly plenty to see there. And then depending on who wins each draw, You've got either North Carolina or Oregon. North Carolina currently ranked. Oregon has been ranked. Obviously, Oregon now without Sedona Prince, who one of the uh, kind of premier uh, post players in the country ended up injured, will uh, forego the rest of her eligibility at Oregon, going to try to rehab a little bit this year and try to go pro going forward. But so kind of a bummer to not even have that as a potential matchup, but Certainly a, a tough tournament, um, a really exciting one. Both of those games will be on the ESPN family networks, which I'm super thankful for because so many of these holiday tournaments get stuck on like flow hoops. You have to buy a subscription and no one watches. So you'll have some eyes on you because Michigan State game, ESPNU, and then either North Carolina or Oregon, either way, that game's going to be on ESPN too. So I I'm excited. I hope you're ready to cheer really loud. I won't be out there, but I know you will be. I know dad will be. So that'll be, gosh, what a fun tournament. Yeah. I mean, men and women both out there. Hopefully, yes. hopefully the, it works out that we can go to both, both games. So yeah, that should be fun. Yes, absolutely. And if you're going to games, let me tell you, you will need to be prepared mentally, physically, drink your hot tea, Get your yelling voice ready. You know how else you need to be prepared physically? You need to be wearing the right gear. And you know who's going to get that for you? Home field apparel. If you don't have it now, I mean, you won't get it in time for Thanksgiving. But you do have time to take advantage of Home Field's Black Friday sale. Until November 27th, Home Field Apparel has 20% off their entire site. This is not a sale just for our new shoppers, as uh, as our typical code is. This is for everyone new and returning. I know that I am constructing a cart as we speak. Uh, but head on over to the Homefield Apparel site, homefieldapparel.com. Use code Black Friday. It's going to get you 20% off everything. No, everything that's in stock, things are going to sell out, sizes of shirts and such. Um, so make sure you get over there for all of your terrific Iowa State apparel, as well as other really fun vintage merchandise for your favorite college team. And if you're like me and have a solid collection of home field apparel gear, you'll know how comfortable it is, whether that be a sweatshirt, a t-shirt, their joggers, and if you have all of those items with really fun logos and you think, man, I'd love to wear this more often, but 
sometimes I just, I can't wear the logo. I can't wear logos to work, for instance. I've got great news. Homefield has a core collection line. They just sell the gear without the logos. They, they'll just give you a sweatshirt that hasn't been printed on. They'll give you a pair of the joggers that sell out every time they drop them for a new school. So highly recommend throwing one of those in your cart. I do think I'll be getting myself a pair of the joggers because my doggers have a hole in them. Doggers is the technical term. There's a there's a really bizarre old logo for Yukon that they call the Sad Husky. Google it. They put that on a pair of joggers. They're called the Doggers. I own them. Super comfortable. I have to fix the hole though, but I could use another pair. All right, get yourself a pair. Head to homefieldapparel.com. Use code Black Friday, 20% off until November 27th. All right. As you mentioned, Eric, also traveling out to Oregon, traveling together. In fact, Iowa State men's basketball. They have had a little different start to the season than the women's team has. Not a bad way, just different. Um, have not really seen much of a test quite yet. Uh, their wins have been, if not dominant, fairly convincing, I would say. Um, yep. Not a whole lot of time where you're sitting there thinking that they're in danger of losing. Yeah, I mean, the first two games were very dominant then today sunday when we're recording the milwaukee game was never really in doubt in the second half kind of i don't know let off the gas maybe a little bit at the end to uh, make the game closer but again was never really in doubt and so yeah i would say fairly dominant first three games but again the competition ramps up a lot this week yeah yeah i mean certainly not playing much as far as top tier teams let alone power five so you're traveling to Oregon. It's it's not technically a road game. It's a neutral site. But you're outside of Hilton for the first time. You've got to see how prepared is this Cyclone team to play without the energy of Hilton, um, to play when you have all these kind of added wrinkles of travel and things like that uh that changes things a lot it changes your routines plus on the men's side you're playing three games so you're playing on thursday friday and sunday and that's that's a lot of basketball so for iowa state you're going out you're playing villanova who they're probably a step up from the competition you've seen so far but they are a team that's two and Two and two on the season. They've dropped two real close games. They lost by four at Temple. They lost by two at Michigan State. So they've gone on the road twice, lost twice in close games. If you're Iowa State, you look at it and say, well, hey, if we can keep this close, they haven't really done great in close games so far. Um, it's it's just kind of an interesting situation to see where you just you don't know all that much about either team so far. But we're going to find out really quickly how ready Iowa State is to play outside of Hilton. Yeah, and you're facing a team in Villanova that's, you know, their reputation is they're very good shooters and fundamentally on offense, you know, they're really good at taking care of the ball. And so when you compare that with this Iowa State team, that's been really good at forcing turnovers so far and 
being disruptive on defense and I think are one of the top teams and, you know, points allowed per game, you know, it should be a really fun and interesting test for this Iowa state team to go against, you know, Villanova program where, you know, Jay Wright isn't there anymore. He retired after last year, but, you know, basically the same core components of the team. I'm sure all, all the, uh, the same culture and the same fundamentals. And so this will just be a really good test for the Iowa state team. And, you know, you think back to last year, had those first few games at home where, you know, you played Oregon state, but Oregon state ended up not being very good. And so you really didn't know anything about this Iowa state team until they went out to Brooklyn and really dominated Xavier and Memphis to win the preseason NIT. And so this year you're going out to Portland again, it's a pretty new team. Don't really know a whole lot about the Iowa State team. Kind of off the radar right now nationally. And so going up against the Villanova team, and then you know, no matter who you play, the next few games you'll have some good competition. And so another chance to really kind of make a statement or just show the nation and really prove to yourself kind of what kind of team you have this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's yeah, like you said, there's an opportunity to prove. A lot. And so for Iowa State, you start off playing against Villanova. Um, After that, you're going to play the winner of North Carolina versus Portland. Or winner or loser, depending. Yeah, I was going to say, you're just guaranteed. Are you guaranteeing a win? Apparently, I was really, really confident there. You'll you'll play either North Carolina or Portland. I would hope for it to be the winner. Uh, And then the other side of the... If if you win, probably North Carolina. I'm gonna say if you win North Carolina, if you lose Portland. Oh, you're making predictions uh, now. Um, yes, I am predicting that <laughs> North Carolina beats Portland. Bold. All right, we'll check back in on that one next time. But uh, on the other side of the bracket, then you've got UConn, Oregon, Alabama, and Michigan State. So uh, whatever kind of path you end up traversing to get to your third game. It, there's could be really any no of those teams, predictions yeah. to be made. Yeah. Depending on how each side goes. So um, certainly an interesting situation. Love that Iowa state is able to be a part of this uh, Phil Knight invitational going to be such a cool event. And like I said, so happy that it'll be much easier to watch than a lot of the holiday tournaments we're going to see. Uh, one thing to kind of keep an eye on is it's, it's really been discussed a lot that last year, especially uh, very few holdovers from last year's team. But one of them is Caleb Grill, and he had really this kind of hot streak going outside of Hilton. He seemed like he could go on the road and really get a lot of shots to fall. So uh, maybe we could be uh, primed for a couple of really big Caleb Grill games, kind of get him going and then bring the good, good energy, the good vibes back to Hilton. That's what I'm looking to happen out in Oregon. Yeah, I'd love to see that, too. We saw him. I think I remember the K-State game in particular. Like he went off, and so, yeah, I, I think I can't remember. I don't know if they had percentages for last year for for him, but yeah, I know on the road he uh, performed really well. So hopefully that continues. Yeah, I mean, had a couple really big dunks in the game today, and so you know, just take some of that like fun, good energy, and and take it out there and knock down some more shots. So excited to kind of see what this team is made of against higher level competition out there in Oregon. I'm throwing my phone around. Um, I guess that's time uh, for us to start wrapping things up. All right. I've got a couple other sports we want to check in on. Um, Big, big uh, win for Iowa State swimming and diving. 
They took first of five teams at the Kansas meet. And that was uh, somewhat of an upset. Beat KU by 40 points. Uh, the rest of the teams trailing fairly far behind that. 24 lifetime bests set at this meet. So I don't know. I don't know if they like standardize the temperature of the water or something. I don't know like what makes the conditions perfect. But whatever it was, replicate that every single meet because whatever was you know they say oh there must be something in the water there about certain places there really was something in the water that got iowa state swimming and diving just rocketing through that water out there at ku this weekend so huge shout out to swimming and diving still fairly early in their season so always exciting to see uh see somewhat of an upset especially in Iowa State's uh, favor against an interconference team. So they've they've got a heck of a long season. They run about the same season as basketball. So a really solid start there. I'll be excited to follow more. Their, their next action is not for a couple weeks. They're going to be heading over for the, uh, for the Cyhawk meet in December. That's their next action. So they've got their diving meet December 3rd and then their uh, swimming meet on December 9th. So that week where you've got like a whole bunch of sports with a uh, Cyhawk matchups, including both basketball games. So they get to ride the high of that win for a while. Uh, wrestling broke the longest running dual win streak in the country at any level, which was owned by Grandview, had won over 100 duels straight. That dated back to 2013, where Iowa State had beat them back in 2013 as well. So wrestling blanked them, 40-0, uh, the way it, truly it should be uh, at at that level when you've got a D1 program going out there. But uh, to, to not give up a single point, huge. So wrestling really continues to roll. Uh, did not have a broadcast of that today, but I do believe the next matchup on their schedule will have one of those radio broadcasts I said I was so excited about on Saturday. So I think that that would be maybe a, a good addition to my day. It's going to start on nine o'clock. So maybe, I don't know, I honestly don't even know what time football kicks, but I'm going to work that into my schedule to listen to a little bit of the radio broadcast of the Cyclone Open on Saturdays. Excited to follow a little bit of wrestling. Finally, volleyball down to fourth in the conference after losing to both Baylor and Kansas this week. Really, really rough week on the road for the Cyclones. They are going to need to beat OU to secure fourth place in the conference in their final regular season match. That is going to be at home on Wednesday. So I think I will be traveling that night. So I unfortunately will not be able to make it there. I was really, really hoping to be able to, but I will be heading over for Thanksgiving. But I hope a lot of people will be in town for Thanksgiving in Ames, perhaps, and able to make it out to Hilton at 630. Should be a super, super fun match. They've had great environments this year uh, and just want to cheer the Cyclones on to the best finish they can in conference and set themselves up really well for whatever's coming next for them. So uh, some pretty solid results, a little bit disappointing there from volleyball, but certainly have the potential to still do a lot with their season. So that's been this week for Iowa State. Super excited for what's to come this week. Eric, how excited are you to head out to Oregon and see just, just so much basketball? I'm super excited. 
I mean, just all the teams out, like think about the quality of teams out there. And it's, it's really just the unreal. honor. Like it's a big honor to be invited out there for this event. Yeah. Like it's Nike's top team. So yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah. It, I mean, it's truly unreal when you look at the lineup because not only do you have the tournament that Iowa State's in, which for the women is Iowa State, Michigan State, North Carolina, Oregon. For the men, all four of those teams, plus Alabama, Portland, UConn, and Villanova. But you also have like a kind of a companion tournament. I don't know like if those just kind of run parallel because they don't want to set up a big 16-team tournament. I don't really know how the yeah, two like fill night the maximum work. Is, I think like the maximum tournaments are eight like the maximum amount of teams in the thanksgiving tournaments are eight so like technically they're they're two tournaments running side by side not overlapping but they're both out there in oregon so you also have this whole separate tournament that's for the women duke iowa oregon state and yukon and then for the men you've got duke florida gonzaga oregon state portland state Purdue, West Virginia, and Xavier. It's like, you've got almost every good matchup next week is out in Portland, Oregon at these two tournaments. So I'm beyond jealous. Obviously, life is the way it is. I'm excited to get to go spend the holiday with my in-laws, uh, but not, not a good time for me to be skipping out on a full week of work. Uh, but I will definitely be super, super jealous and can't wait to hear all about it. Make sure you cheer super loud for me, for everyone here at home. And I can't wait to hear all about it. Uh, I will go ahead and make the assumption that we will very likely put out our episode on Tuesday of next week, since I have no idea how late you will be getting home on Sunday. We can, we will probably plan on recording on Monday. So just a heads up, the Cyclone Family Podcast will likely be a day late next week. All right. This is fun. A lot of good stuff to talk about, but I think we're going to have even more for this coming week, especially as far as basketball goes. So make sure you are subscribed on whatever platform you are finding us. Um, as always, I am Jamie Sire Johnson. You can find me on mostly Twitter, uh, but every social media platform at J Styes. You can find Eric at Eric Steyer, E-R-I-C-S-T-E-Y-E-R. Maybe we'll get like a, a picture or something from out there in Oregon for a rare Eric Steyer social media post. Uh, you can also follow our podcast that is at Cyclone Fam Pod on Twitter. We are a part of the 1012 Network. Love our 1012 Network family. You can find them at 1012 Network on Twitter. And we are partnered with Sports Drink, your water cooler for all things sports and not sports. Super fun, huge support of the show. Very much appreciate them. Don't forget, Home Field Apparel, Black Friday sale, already started. It's already started. Things are selling out as we speak. Use code Black Friday to get 20% off until November 27th. All right, we'll be back next week with so much more you just can't even begin to fathom. Thanks for being here. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>